Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this is The Gateway. It's Monday, September 21st. I'm Wayne Pratt. A national eviction moratorium from the Centers for Disease Control is in effect through the end of the year. That and other orders are giving renters some relief during the pandemic, but they are causing headaches for landlords with uncooperative tenants. He doesn't let me in the property. He's He doesn't answer my calls. And when I come around, uh, you know, they just they won't answer the door when I knock on the door. In a few minutes, we will report on how many landlords are fearful they could lose their properties because of the pandemic. Doctors at Washington University are investigating whether a commonly used vaccine could protect people against getting sick with coronavirus. St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Fenton reports researchers will distribute the measles, mumps, and rubella vaccine to healthcare workers around the world. The study is based on the concept of trained immunity, the idea that live vaccines can turbocharge the immune system. Researchers will give either a vaccine or placebo to healthcare workers. Then they'll see if those who receive the vaccine have protection from the virus or less severe symptoms. WashU professor Mary Politi says the viruses in the MMR vaccine are structurally similar to the coronavirus. So of course it protects people from measles, mumps, and rubella, but activating the immune system with this type of vaccine could stimulate protection from other viruses as well. The MMR vaccine works for decades after people receive a shot, but trained immunity only lasts a short time. That's why even those who have received the MMR vaccine in the past may not be protected from COVID-19. I'm Sarah Fentum, St. Louis Public Radio. Illinois is starting to award grants to renters to help them catch up on late payments, but tens of thousands of applicants will not receive assistance. State lawmakers set aside federal funding to help 30,000 renters. A spokesman for the Illinois Housing Development Authority says more than 80,000 applied. Erica Smith is executive director of Helping Hands. That's a homeless shelter in Illinois. She says the numbers show policymakers need to prepare for a surge in people experiencing homelessness. We've got to look at rapid rehousing, and we've got to prepare our emergency shelters as well to be low barrier, to be able to take people in but also be very prepared to help them exit to independent housing as fast as possible. There is some good news for renters. Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker recently announced the extension of his state eviction ban until October 22nd. Dairy farmers throughout the Midwest are struggling to compete in overseas markets. St. Louis Public Radio's Jonathan All reports they say the U.S. needs better trade deals to open up those markets. U.S. dairy exports are up more than 10 percent so far in 2020 compared to last year. But even with that increase, dairy producers say they need access to more markets to bring profitability back to the struggling industry. Jim Mulhern is the president of the National Milk Producers Federation. He says key foreign markets are not accessible because of competition from other countries. Any market you look at, um, the EU or New Zealand, generally have better tariff advantages than we do in most of those countries. So we need to focus from U.S. trade policy that is designed to create that level playing field. Mulhern says the next presidential administration, whether it's Biden or Trump, needs to focus on bilateral agriculture trade deals. In Rala, I'm Jonathan All, St. Louis Public Radio. (music) 
Congress continues to debate whether to provide a second stimulus to Americans, millions of whom have lost their jobs during the pandemic. Renters who cannot afford to pay are getting some help with orders preventing any evictions, in effect, at least through December. At least that national order from the CDC is through December. But it's causing headaches for landlords, many of whom are worried they could lose their properties because they can't afford mortgage payments. Michael Puente reports. Frank Cilio thinks he needs to replace some shingles on the one-story beige home he owns in Hegwish, a blue-collar neighborhood on Chicago's far south side. The shingles are right by the gutter, but he doesn't dare get a closer look because he's scared of the tenant renting the place. Celio says the tenant hasn't paid rent in six months and they've been fighting. He doesn't let me in the property. He's He doesn't answer my calls and when I come around, uh, you know, they just they won't answer the door when I knock on the door. Celio says he doesn't know why the tenant hasn't paid, whether it's COVID related or not. But every time he has tried to address it, things have gotten heated. You know, he's threatened us with violence. But the police say, you know, you got to evict them. You got to get them out of there. But the government won't let us get them out of there. Back in April, Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker issued an executive order prohibiting evictions due to the pandemic for 30 days, but the order has been extended several times. Earlier this month, the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention issued its own order prohibiting evictions through the end of the year with the goal of preventing the spread of COVID-19 by reducing the instability caused by evictions. The efforts are lauded by housing advocates, but those on the other side, the landlords, say it's creating an uneven playing field. In the past, I could just easily, you know, make a motion to evict and that'll be the end of it. But I can't even do that now. And it's my property. <laughs> I can't do nothing with it. It's extremely difficult to get somebody out right now, even if they are the worst tenants, even if they are having the police called over and over and over again. It's just it's very difficult. Carol Oshana is an attorney who represents landlords in legal disputes. Well, my landlords are very desperate. They have people that are working but don't want to pay. Some of them say the governor says I don't have to pay. They just stop paying. Oshana says many landlords are just trying to supplement their income for retirement with these properties. Most of the time, they either own just one building or they live in the building themselves. So it's a two-flat They live in one unit and the other person lives in the other unit. They're just mom and pop shops. A lot of them, you'll see, they're going to lose a lot of these properties. We're going to have a lot of foreclosures because the tenants aren't paying the rent. That's something Katrina Balala is worried about. She's not sure she'll be able to hold on to her property. My tenants have not replied to me in three months. They have no incentive to work with me. They haven't paid me since March, and and they have no reason to, right? There's no consequence for not doing so. Balala left her Logan Square condo a few years ago to work in Colorado, but she lost her HR job due to the pandemic. With no income and no rent from the tenants, Balala moved to Brooklyn to live with her family. All the 31-year-old has left is her savings to pay her mortgage on the condo. I honestly... Don't know how much longer I'll be able to do that, and I'm really hoping that I don't have to find out what happens when I can't no longer have anything in my savings. Balala says her condo is her main asset. It's the thing that was supposed to ensure her financial stability. She plans to sell the condo once her tenant is out. If she sells the property with squatters still inside, she says she is likely to take a huge financial hit. But if she doesn't start getting some rental payments soon, 
She's worried she'll lose the whole thing. I'm Michael Puente. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio, music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. From the St. Louis Public Radio newsroom, this has been The Gateway. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.